Welcome to the Matea Murdo podcast, where we're delving into all things United Nations, the family, and politics. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I know that this podcast it is coming out a day late. Unfortunately, we've had some technical difficulties, and as such, this is going to be a two-parter. We're going to have part of the episode come out today, and then the other half come out next week. We are working through this, and this is the solution that we have been able to come up with. So with that, enjoy the podcast. Today, it's a little bit of a diversion away from talking about the UN or politics, it's a little bit more of a vulnerable kind of a episode. It's a little bit more about my story, but in sharing it, I'm hoping that it can help our generation. I have witnessed so much of this, what I'm going to talk about, in our current generation that it's, it is kind of disturbing to me because the Lord has helped me break free from it. And as you can see from the title, it is all about to hell with the hustle. And I, this is the first and last time you'll ever hear me use a cuss word. And I know I'm living here in America and Americans don't think this is a cuss word, but where I'm from and how I was brought up, it most certainly is. But when I say hell, I'm meaning straight to the pit of hell with hustle because after breaking free from that lifestyle, there's a whole other life that I've now been able to live by the grace of God. And it's, it's a much better one. And I, I wanted to share this because the first career I ever went into was working on Parliament Hill. And that was, it was miraculous how I even got the job. But how I got the job was because I was praying and seeking the Lord on what I was supposed to do. I had just graduated high school and that's a whole story in and of itself. I got kicked out of my private Christian school for standing up for my faith. And then uh, it took me a little bit longer, obviously, to finish because I was halfway through my grade 12 year and I ended up being homeschooled and finishing out my schooling that way. So then fast forward a little bit, finished up school, and I ended up getting this great job on Parliament Hill, which started all through an internship which was only supposed to be about two or three months long in the summertime. I didn't want it. My mom, who's an incredibly wise woman, encouraged me to take it. I took it. And that started this process of being in politics and government. And it exposed me to a whole different world and a different way of living entirely, as opposed to the way I was brought up, the environment and the home that I had, and the people that I was surrounded by. It's very interesting to me to look back on life and review the past seasons that I've walked through. And I've, I've been, I talk with almost every person I talk with in depth. I always ask them this one question and it's, do you ever feel like you've lived a million different little lives in one? Like you don't even recognize yourself from two years ago, five years ago. And it's, and most of the time I've only had one person say, no, I don't, I can't relate to that. But the mo majority of people can relate to that question and that means that there's been proof of growth in a person's life, that you you don't recognize who you were years ago. And looking back, even over the last year of my life, I don't recognize who I was even from a year ago. And so part of that transformation process over several years, for me, the consistent element has been letting go of the hustle. And it wasn't an all-at-one decision for me. It was a consistent pruning I had gotten into government, took that internship, was given a great job on Parliament Hill. I worked very diligently at it because I knew I was doing this for the Lord. It wasn't by my hand that I got this job. It was, again, a miracle how it came into fruition. 
And as I was working on the Hill, I just remember wanting to be the best that I could be in that job because I was doing it for the Lord. And that quickly got warped into, I was working so many extra hours. I was taking on more and more responsibility. And I felt the pressure from that. It was, again, my first job outside of my family's company that I ever held. But it all just took a snowball effect at some point. And I was sleeping about three to four hours every night because for part of the time I was on the Hill, I ended up helping with my boss's leadership run for the Conservative Party of Canada. And I could only do that outside of my actual full-time job on the Hill. So there, legally, you couldn't have any crossover. So it was a very unique situation. Lots was learned during that period of time about myself, about others, and about the political sphere. Needless to say, I wasn't sleeping. I was addicted to coffee. I lived off of, I basically lived off of coffee and easily accessible soup and apples. <laughs> like it was, it was so bad. But hustle meant that I didn't feel like I had the time to take care of myself. And this is something I've seen consistently with the younger generation, particularly millennials and Gen Zers, which is interesting to watch especially because modernization has given us so much time back. We're no longer doing the various time-consuming chores of the days of times past. We're doing the same chores, but we have means of doing them in a much faster manner. Even our work is different from generations past. So modernization has actually given us more time. And on top of that, I neglected my relationship with the Lord because work, the thing I was trying to do for him, became more important, even if it was just subconsciously, than spending that time with him in prayer, in reading his word, and actually not just reading his word, but absorbing it and delving deep into it. Because we can we can just read and we can just pray and then we're done. It's like we check the box off of our to-do list for the day. And I had even neglected doing that. So hustle not only took me away from the Lord, but hustle meant that I was neglecting his temple, which is my body. And third to that, hustle is almost like violence to the brain. It made me very scatterbrained. And I don't mean that in terms of I couldn't focus on any which thing. It just meant that I felt the pressure, so much pressure to get everything done at, a, at warp speed that I neglected details. And that's kind of embarrassing to admit. All of this is actually you know what? The whole podcast thing is just very vulnerable for me. I've done podcasts with other people, TV interviews, written articles, and it's all easy because it's just politics and government. And you're commenting, giving opinions, talking about the legalities of things and processes, but talking about yourself is a completely different thing. So it's all very embarrassing to admit, but I do. The whole point of doing any of these podcasts is to help people. The one thing I'm very grateful through every single season, including the seasons where hustle dominated my life, I am so grateful that I never lost my love for people. And I do believe that's what thrust me even farther into spheres of influence within the political realm because it's so abnormal. Because when you, everyone is hustling, everybody's trying to smash the glass ceiling, as a feminist like to put it, or they're trying to achieve the next influencer status or their next tweet is going to go viral or whatever it may have you. Everybody is always hustling in some capacity. And so the love for other people kind of grows cold. And I'm very grateful 
that that part of me never went dormant and never died off and that it's consistent even to this day. But even in saying that, there were so many ideas and creative things that I wanted to do for other people, but because I was so busy, because I prioritized hustle, it can become a priority because it is a choice. I prioritized my work, which steered away from just being a material production to more of an identity production, which is also something we tend to do as millennials, Gen Zers, and the generation coming after us. And now that I'm living on the flip side of this, where realize that there's so many things that I could have done for people, and we can't live with regret in the past ever. But what I'm trying to communicate is this, that the creative side of Matea, I suffocated that part of me. And when we're hustling, when I say it's violence against the brain, it really is. I've looked into a couple different research documents and studies done on this. And when you're hustling, all those details, the creative side of you starts to die off. It can last for a little while, but if you don't have a pattern of rest and relaxation in your life at the same time. You can go for short periods of time with intensity, but then there has to be this rest and relaxation that follows it. And that is how we can do a full schedule well, but hustle is consistent. It's a consistent pattern of work. And our minds were not made for that. God wouldn't give us a full entire day of rest and model it himself in the word back in Genesis, a full day of rest if it wasn't necessary for us. And something that I started doing at the at the beginning of my struggle with hustle, as I like to put it, one of the first things I started to do was to take a full day off of social media. And I believe I, I took Saturdays off. I didn't look at it. I didn't text people. I didn't call people, nothing. My phone was off or on airplane mode and I didn't look at it because at that point in time, oh my word, so many notifications, so many people asking questions. And just because I was a young person in politics and and working in government at the same time, it didn't mean that I had all the answers, but I felt like my career was who I was. Again, it was no longer about just material production, but identity production. And my career is where I got my sense of self-worth. And that's something in a social media age where we're posting constantly about what we're doing, who we are, or at least who we want people to see us as. That's where I started to go, oh, we have to take a step back, especially as believers. Our job is not who we are, but what we do. Yes, our actions can be an extension of who we are. Yes, indeed. Because everything that we do flows out of our heart. But who are we in the job that we do? Do we serve people well? Are we diligent in clocking in and out on time? And there's many other questions we can ask ourselves because work was given to us by God. He calls us to work. He says that if a husband doesn't provide work and provide for his family, he's worse than an infidel. The Bible also says that if a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. So socialism and communism are just tossed out immediately. That's besides the point. God clearly tells us that we need to work and was really proven to me when I saw some men in life who didn't have work and what it did to them. And then I saw women who were working and trying to smash that glass ceiling and then what that did to them. So, and how both are two very extremes, but it it showed me the need for us to work. There's a desire actually in us to work. If the desire is not there to do work, to produce something with your own hands, we, we need to have another conversation. That's not for today, but there needs to be a conversation at least with yourself. 
That being said, work was given to us by God. But if we do things in our own flesh, if we approach things from a non-spiritual aspect, which again, can also be warped. You can make things extremely religious to the point of nobody wants to be around you. Don't do that. Please don't do that. What I'm trying to say here is this, that we in and of ourselves in our own flesh can take things to a different level. We can warp things outside of the intent of that thing, which that thing could be work, that thing could be sexuality, that thing can be desires or passions within our own hearts. If we don't understand why these things exist, we can very easily warp them as I did with work and living in the hustle because we are called to also do things, produce things. We want to be called to be fruitful and multiply. And that I believe is for human reproduction. But everything in the Bible, you look at what God has done, everything he created, actually there is a reproduction to it and in that therefore production. And so everything God creates is meant to reproduce and create. And it takes human beings to warp that as I warped work. And after I was done on Parliament Hill, I went to work with a cabinet minister in the province of Saskatchewan. And at the same time as doing that, I really, really got involved quite intensively with combating the United Nations. And around this time, I moved to Washington, D.C. And thank God I had my mom yet again. She came down and she helped me buy all the things from Ikea and move into my apartment and was helping me set up furniture. And I just remember grabbing a screwdriver and trying to put together a chair for my kitchen. And I couldn't even turn the screwdriver. I was so weak. Hustle had led me to absolute burnout. So at that point in time, all my excuse for hustling was that I was helping people. But when I couldn't even turn a screwdriver and put together a simple Ikea chair, I knew I couldn't even help other people. And that's when I really ran to the Lord. That's when I went, oh my gosh, what is this producing? I'd still help people, but get this, because I now have rest in my life and priorities straightened out, I now help people with more significant and meaningful things than I did in the past. And I wouldn't trade that for anything. But I'm so grateful I went through this experience of, oh my gosh, I can't even put a screwdriver to now I'm available because I have a routine, because I have my priorities straight. I'm actually able to help people in more significant ways. And I also thank God that nothing goes to waste with him because for those years of hustling and trying to learn everything and trying to be the best in my field, that is still paying off, but it's impacting individuals' lives and families now. And it's more fulfilling now, as opposed to when I was trying to climb the ladder and I was trying to become as opposed to being. And there's a a healthy balance between seeking the Lord and asking him to show you ways in which your character needs to be developed and then submitting to him and being humble before him so that your character does develop. And then you also wing that you can actually be present in every moment and that hustling towards next goal, in the next project, to achieve the next thing, that that actually comes from a place of being rooted and grounded. And hustle completely avoids that because again, your priorities are out of whack. And I'm speaking from a place of understanding the mentality of someone living in hustle. And none of this is an attack if you are living a hustle lifestyle. This is not an attack on you. Kudos to you for trying to achieve whatever you're trying to achieve. I'm just trying to explain that there's a different way of becoming who you want to become or achieving what you are seeking to achieve. And it may take a little bit more time. It may. 
It may not, but it may. But do you want to become that person healthfully? Do you want to achieve that goal and it actually be sustainable? Well, hustling may not be the pattern of a lifestyle because hustle is all-encompassing. It's, it's personal and professional. It doesn't just attach itself to the professional. It impacts every aspect of our lives. It impacted how I slept, how I ate, how I interacted with strangers, friends, and family. It impacted my relationship with the Lord. It impacted what I wore, where I lived, what I did, how I thought about myself, how I thought about others, how I thought about God, how I spent my money. It impacted everything in life. And I regret some of the decisions I made back then. I do, but I don't live in that place. But I can thank God that I actually walked through all of that so that somebody out there, even if it's just one person out of the hundreds who listen to this, understands that you don't have to hustle. Thank you everyone for listening to part one of this two-part series of To Hell with a Hustle. And I really wanted to say thank you so much to those of you who are supporting the mission of this podcast. I... I really get annoyed with not being able to send a personal thank you to people, especially through Cash App, because I can only reply with an emoji. But thank you all the same. It means so much to me. We're in this together, and I look forward to continuing on with you. Until next time, take care. Well, welcome back everyone to part two of To Hell With A Hustle. Last week's part one had a phenomenal response. I have not had so many positive messages and people commenting and texting me and emailing me with so much feedback of how impactful this message is. And so I really wanted to first say thank you. It was a little bit more of a vulnerable one for me. And so I'm really grateful that one, I obeyed God and I recorded the episode and two, that it's helped you and that it's it's caused you to ponder and contemplate some things happening in your own life. And again, the whole reason we do this podcast is to help one another. And with that, I hope that part two of To Hell With A Hustle is equally as meaningful. Enjoy. I see all of these things on Instagram. And if you're on Instagram, you've probably seen Instagrammers, influencers, come out and say, this is the way to get to a million dollars by the time you're 18. This is the way that you become this person or that person. But what about the wisdom that comes from having a strong character? And that's something that I really appreciate about Dr. Jordan Peterson is that he actually talks about some of the more mundane things that every single human being does or should do, like making your bed. It's one of the, his, his primary examples that he goes to is 
you make your bed, you look at your room. How is the state of your room? Because generally the state of your room is a reflection of the state of your mind. And so this is where I actually wanted to bring up one of the four lies I'm going to discuss in the second part of the series to hell with the hustle. And there's many others, but these are the four most prominent that the majority of people struggle with. The first lie that applies to what we're discussing right here and now is that if you're not doing something big, then it's not important. This is a major lie, especially in a social media addicted culture and society. And this is what I appreciate about Jordan Peterson, him talking about doing the mundane things consistently and then doing them well with excellence. Because when you do that, you build character. And then when character is built, you're able to move on to the medium-sized things and the big things and then the extravagant things. But everything begins with the small mundane tasks of life. Can you do them well? And so it's interesting to see the individuals who are hustling and those who are producing, like Jordan Peterson, who's coming out with an online university, who's produced books. I remember interacting with him personally face-to-face one time in Saskatoon, and it so impacted me when he looked at me because, you know, you, you see the surface how busy people are and you feel like you understand the immensity of what they're doing. But nobody actually understands when somebody's really building something, how much work, how much effort and time goes into that. And with Peterson, I just remember him, a well-known man who has so much on his plate, stood there, looked at me in the eye, and I actually felt heard. And he gave a great response, a personal response to my question that I had. And it was something that I actually valued so much so that I started finding ways to value the people around me. But you know what initiated that was... A conversation with somebody who actually took the time to hear my heart and to give a well-thought-out response in return. So this brings up the second lie that I wanted us to discuss, and that is this, that living at warp speed is normal. Hustle is violence to the soul. And that may sound extreme, but if you really think about and contemplate what hustle is and what it does as it is all-encompassing of an individual. It is indeed violence to the soul. And there is a huge difference. The chasm is so great between the chaos and rhythm. But all comes down to us. We determine which we will live in. Will we live in chaos or will we live in rhythm? And understand this, that when we are hustling, because it is a comprehensive state of being. It impacts how we treat other people. And that interaction right then and there that I had with Jordan Peterson, it, it initiated something within me to start asking myself questions of, I am hustling. And I knew that I was at that point. But how was my hustling affecting other people? Did I change overnight? Absolutely not. Did not whatsoever. But it started the process of asking those intimate questions of myself. I realized with though he has tons of things going on, he has character. And I knew at that moment that I needed to develop character so that when things get intense in life, whether that's personal or professional, that I can still hear the hearts of people instead of just listening to the words that they're saying and just moving on. Speaking of a full plate, I remember one of the lies that I believed back in those years of hustling. I used to think having a very full schedule actually meant that I was productive. It doesn't. 
And for all you youngsters out there who, well, I say youngsters, I'm 27. Um, for all my peers and those younger than me, or maybe even those older than me listening to this, a full schedule does not mean you're productive. It actually probably means that your priorities are out of check. Yes, I said it. I said it and I mean it because I've lived in a place of full schedule versus a schedule which is well-ordered and rounded around what are my priorities. And one of the questions that I had was, what are my dreams, the dreams in my heart? And I took that before the Lord and I knew what, I already knew what they were. I was like, Matea, you know what your dreams are. It's to be a loving wife, an amazing mom, and to create a home that impacts your community. That is my desire and my dream. Well, my career had become my priority. Work was everything. But what was that doing to build me character-wise, priority-wise, financially, spiritually, most importantly, towards becoming the person who would be able to fulfill and sustain that dream? Well, there were very good things that the Lord taught me personally and professionally, of course, through all those years of hustling, being in those positions. But the real work actually started after I was in those roles and a couple of the other roles that I didn't talk about today. But the Lord actually started me on this journey after I settled myself down, stripped away the titles. And for me, I'm a person who goes to either extreme and I've had to learn the balance of not going from one extreme to the other. And the Lord has been showing me how that can be actually a strength, but it can also be a weakness. But that realization actually came into reality when I was settled, when my soul was at peace. There wasn't this hustle violence being committed against it. No, what I've experienced kind of ridding my life of the hustle, because hustle isn't just revolve around work, it is a state of being. I realized that my body was incredibly tense. I don't wake up with aches anymore, which is kind of embarrassing to say as a young person. I go through my day methodically. I have goals for every single day. I'm starting to have hobbies now that I'm thoroughly enjoying and are actually helping me and challenging me both in character and in skill. And I'm learning. And it's not just learning to help other people, but it's building me. And as I become more fortified, as I become stronger in the Lord, as I become, I'm actually able to enjoy being. And that is something that I hadn't had for years just to enjoy being in each day, to enjoy sitting around a table with friends and family and playing a card game, just to enjoy making a meal with someone you love or making a meal for people you love and just enjoy getting to be creative in different avenues, to enjoy life. Hustle takes away enjoyment for what people call the simple pleasures in life, like going for a walk and noticing the change of seasons noticing the things around you. That for me is something that is so beautiful. And I would have laughed at somebody who said that years ago, absolutely laughed and made fun of them most likely. A simple thing that I have in my routine that I absolutely love. I treasure those times of going for a walk or going and being with friends. Whereas before I didn't have time because that was not a priority, but now I actually have friendships and relationships. Whereas before I was too busy for them because my priorities were towards achieving a work goal as opposed to becoming who I was created to be. And that's something that I hope this generation will start to learn and understand sooner than later is that to every action, there is a reaction to everything we do and say Something is going to be produced from it, whether good or bad, whether impactful or not. And hustle, from my point of view, again, like I said at the top of this, 
Hustle for a short period of time is not bad, but if it becomes all-encompassing, if it becomes your lifestyle, if it becomes your identity, if you can't see yourself or know who you are outside of hustle, outside of being able to tell everybody the next big thing that you're doing or post about the next big thing and that causes you any kind of stress or anxiety, then there needs to be a conversation had with yourself and bring others into it. Be humble. Seek out advice. Again, for our generation, oh, the one the one example I will say is this. A lot of my friends are having children and getting married and having beautiful relationships and all these different things, but they seek out peer advice. So advice from their friends instead of going to someone from another generation. And that is so, so valuable. That's something that being in hustle, especially if you're starting out in your career or you're a couple years into your career, you're going to be generally surrounded by your peers, not someone of a different caliber. And for me, when I say caliber, I mean someone with more wisdom. And so seek out wisdom and advice from those who came before you. And a lot of them actually lived in a place of no hustle. And I think we can't just blame social media because we have a choice to make in all of this, but they didn't live with social media and always seeing other people achieving and doing and the next best thing, the next best tip, the next best way to become. But they actually had more time for self-reflection and to go deeper. Hustle makes us focus primarily on the surface and just grabbing and grasping and doing and clinging on instead of taking the time to methodically think through every process and every action and being efficient in things, taking that time to do things well and with excellence. The former generation had that as their norm or as their standard. Were they busy? Many of them were. Yes, they worked hard just as the generation before them did. And therefore, there is a unique wisdom to this generation that we can actually tap into if we choose, again, to prioritize having those conversations, asking those questions. And social media can be utilized for that. Something I like to do every once in a while over on Twitter, which people think is crazy, but it's my favorite social media platform to utilize. But I will ask people questions because I want to obtain wisdom. I want to seek out advice. But was I doing that back when I was hustling? Absolutely not. I was posting my opinions and I had answers to a bunch of things and I was go, 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 which again can be very helpful. But was Matea, the human being, the person being developed? I won't say fully, no, but not to the point of what she could have been. And all of this to say, and what I have learned is that we have the ability to create, to produce good things for our families, for others, and for ourselves. And that work is not a bad thing. We can take it to either extreme, but work is meant for material production and it can have benefits for us personally like character development. But we need to be very careful, especially in our generation, that it doesn't become an identity production. Because anything about our identity that's found outside of God, it won't be sustainable. When it is tried, it won't be able to stand. But if we are rooted and grounded in the Lord, then things start to come out of that. But what does that take on our part? That takes time and intentionality because those are the very building blocks of a relationship. And if we want to be rooted and grounded in the Lord, then we have to prioritize being with him, studying his word, communicating with him. Because I remember when I was living in that lifestyle, I remember my mom and my dad and a few other really wise people in my life were pointing out to me that I would miss things or there were certain things that I was doing that just didn't make sense. And I would actually push back on them 
at that time because I was trying to defend the lifestyle that I wanted to live. But I was actually defending my identity because my identity had been so intimately intertwined with my work. So whenever someone would comment on my lifestyle of hustle, I didn't see it as them coming from a place of concern about a pattern in my life. I actually saw it as an attack on my identity. And that is completely warped. Our identity is never meant to be just about what we do. That shouldn't be the sole element comprising of our entire identity. It is who we are and who we are rooted in. And that alone should be Christ. I can truthfully say now, the mentality and the lifestyle of hustle are no longer a part of my life. And for that, I'm really grateful. And so I hope that in you hearing this today, if you are living a hustle lifestyle, one, regardless of living in hustle or outside of hustle, your work still has value because God gave it to us. But you don't have to live from a place of go, go, go all the time and being stressed and trying to reach forward and overachieve. If you seek to develop character first, prioritize your relationship with God, and you work hard, and work has its rightful place in your life, and you live out of a place of humility and submission to the Lord, you will grow as a person and professionally, but you'll do it healthfully. Everything in life doesn't need to have a hack or be put on a fast track. Some things, if we want them to be cultivated healthfully, They just take time. And just like I saw with Jordan Peterson, that one individual who has started to help shift my mentality, I hope as you detach yourself from hustle that you can become like him in somebody else's life. Where we start to become known, not as the hustle generation, but the generation who values people, who hears their hearts and really does have their priorities straight. Because each generation sets up the next generation. And let's be the generation who sets up those coming after us for success by living out as good examples today. That takes time, that takes commitment, and that takes character. Let's not neglect those things for hustle. With that, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It is a little bit different, as I said before, from the previous ones, but I would absolutely love your feedback on this one. You can support this episode over on Instagram by following the Matamurda podcast or funding the mission of this podcast over on PayPal or Cash App. With that, I will see you this Thursday. Take care.